the legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. Mixed with blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar for the perfect balance of sweet, salty, and sour every time. Discover legendary taste with Cayman Jack, America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you raise your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky ruined hello everybody i'm hallie and this is ruined a podcast we ruin a horror movie just for you but you know that if you listen to it what you might not know is um our my dear co-host allison mysteriously disappeared well not really i know where she is she's doing a one woman show in new york so we are having right now a series of fabulous guest hosts so i wanted to welcome a hilarious comedian who i've known for a very long time who has her own fabulous podcast which we also discuss Kara Clank. Kara, thank you so much for doing the pod. Oh my God, what a dream. I can't believe I'm getting to fill Allison Libby's Gucci loafers here on I mean, Ruined, the podcast. I will, obviously, we'll talk about when she goes back, but like, did you see the images of Anna Wintour seeing of Allison's course. show? No, in New literally, York. my podcast, the intro of my podcast has become like a keeping up with the Oh God show. Like, Lisa is my co host, Lisa is very obsessed with Allison's show too. And she's just like, did you see this about the show? Did you see who was there? Like, we just talk about it. And I had seen that Anna was there and was like, wow, that's so nuts. And then it was like not until the next day that it was like, oh, did you see the viral moment where she gets ID'd? And I was like, what? And I had to run to Instagram and check it out. But yeah, she's getting wild press. Yeah, just so in case you are new to the pod, um, so my host, normal co-host Allison Leiby has a show up in New York, one woman show called Oh God, a show about abortion. And it is up at the Cherry Lane Theater. If you'd like to see it, it's running through at least the first week of June. And because it's New York, and yeah, people need to be on a red carpet. She's getting David Byrne. She's getting she's getting some celebs Nixon, stopping by. Marissa Tomei. I mean, the, to- the Katie Couric. Yeah. And of course, Anna Wintour. And uh, there's a uh, if you look on Instagram or really anywhere, it's Anna Wintour being carded going into and for her vaccination um, proof going into the theater. And everyone's like, who doesn't know anyone to I'm like, um, a 21-year-old who has been asked to check vax cards. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you can't assume. <laughs> I, I'm assuming it must be a young person. Because, yeah, we would know all oh, the bags, the, the glasses, you know. Sure. But if you're like, I work at the theater. I don't, I, I'm not obligated to know right. every famous person on site. I simply, there's too many. There's too right. many here. Yes. I, so. I think it makes total sense. And also, it's like. You got to check Vax card uh, to ID. I mean, I exactly. get that. But yeah, yeah, you know Anna Wintour. Like the way she tapped her body, she was like, I don't carry a purse. I probably don't even have a driver's license. I mean, <laughs> These bags are my purse. Yeah. I carry my identity she, inside them. She was like, what are you talking about? It was so funny. So funny. Um, but yeah, if you're in New York, um, please go see Allison's show. And I'd also like to say, we I, I got some very nice messages from the Servidiots, which is what we call our... Um, fans about Allison and about the show. So we really appreciate that. And um, if Allison were here, you know, I think she'd, this would be the one moment when she would choose not to do the Allison special. So we really appreciate that. Um, And we have been doing some movies that Allison has not seen. And she definitely hasn't seen this one, but it is a brand new-ish movie that Kara and I had discussed off the pod in real life. 
And that, of course, is the movie Fresh, which uh, came out this year on Hulu. And we always like to take uh, sort of your reaction to the trailer. Kara, thoughts on the Fresh trailer? I mean, terrifying. Like, I would Mm -hmm. never watch that movie just based off the trailer. Like, I, a lot of people told me about this movie. It was brought up in a lot of text threads that I'm in. And, and I, and I was like, oh, everyone's like, there's this crazy twist. And I was like, oh, I'd love to watch it. And I was like, I don't like horror or gory stuff. And they were like, don't watch it. And I was like, okay, got it. And then Mm -hmm. when you, we were talking about doing this, I was like, oh, this is the movie I want you to do for me because I need to know. But the Mm -hmm. trailer, when I see a meat grinder in a trailer, I'm pretty much out. Like, I just— <laughs> You know it's not I, for you. Yeah, it's just not for me. I'm a vegetarian, and I know they're not grinding mm-hmm. up, like, cow meat, pretty much. I'm, no, I'm pretty they sure. sure aren't. So, mm-hmm. I just—yeah, it's not for me, but excited to have you ruin it for me. Um, I, I couldn't be more excited. I really like this movie. I, this is the second time I watched it for the for the podcast. Liked it even more the second time around. I feel like there's oh, wow. some, like, subtle notes that I appreciated are not, like, telegraphed. Um, but we also have to take a baseline scary. So, Kara, how scary do you find the concept of cannibalism? I mean, scary in the sense, like, I mean, it's like, I'm not scared when I'm watching Yellow Jackets and I know that they're going to start eating right. people. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you're sur- not going to do that. Yeah. You like, would, for you're saying survival, no I'm like, whatever. Like, is it terrifying to me the idea of being kidnapped or something and then mm-hmm. then eaten? Yeah, I get. I, I I also know like when you get are when when you're talking about cannibalism, you're dead when they when they cut, eat you. So that part that's doesn't a really, really good point. Bother me as much as you know being tortured, being murdered. You know mm-hmm. th- those other yeah things. yeah. At that point, that's the least of your worries. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? if you're gonna make a nice little steak out of my ass cheeks afterwards, you know. Bon appetit. Yeah, go <laughs> like, for it. Yeah, why waste it at that point? Yeah. Um, I will say that I feel, to me, the one thing that's scary about cannibalism is, and, you know, we've actually sort of talked about this a little on the pod, like, uh, like for example, Wicker Man, sort of like the idea of, like, oh, people talking about human civilizations, like, oh, they practice cannibalism versus, like, the reality, which it's like, yes, people have practiced cannibalism. It's mostly, like, of the dead, often out of necessity or in a ritual way. Not that that's not you know, spooky in itself, but there aren't a ton of situations where someone is just actively, when there's other food options, eating people. And there yeah. is something where, and I know this about myself, if I was raised in a society or in a situation where that was normal, Kara, I probably would just do it. And it, <laughs> it, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be till later. I was like, oh yeah, that was, boy, I, I don't know why I did that. Does that make sense? <laughs> like I would be easily... If something is normalized, I'll be like, oh, sure, then we're all doing it. That's not a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, you're like, well, with the right seasoning, you know, anything can taste okay. <laughs> and I'll say in this movie, they do talk about it like it, it tastes delicious. And I watched this for the pod when I was hungry. And I and I don't mean to disgust you as a vegetarian so early, but there were a couple scenes where I'm like, that looks delicious. <laughs> it is intentionally supposed to look del- Obviously, it's supposed to, like, bring that out of you, you know? So good. If you no. want to get Italian food, if you want to go to Little Dom's in, in L.A. and have, like, a big meatball. Um, but let us begin. And before we start, based on solely what you know from the trailer and, you know, popular culture, what do you think the twist will be in Fresh, if there is a twist? Guess the twist. I don't even have a guess. I don't even have okay. a guess. I mean, it's like, 
from what I'm watching, it's like, it seems like, I don't know, he kidnaps her. I don't know why they're eating people. It makes them better people. I don't know. I really mm-hmm. don't know. Right. Uh, What's the motivation? Uh, you yeah. know, the little snatches of thing that you get and and maybe she gets into it. I really don't know. I, mm-hmm. I, I just can't wait for you to tell me, but I do not. Great. I don't even want to posit a stupid guess. Well, let us begin by ruining <laughs> the movie Fresh. Um, so we, we open on our main character, Noah, which is spelled N-O-A. And I like Noah as a woman's name. I never heard it before. That's pretty N-O-A, yeah. Yeah. And it's Daisy Edgar Jones, who's from that show, Normal People, which I have not seen, but I remember everybody raving about it. Yeah. So is she foreign? She's, I believe, Irish. Irish or from yeah, the UK. Yeah, yeah. She does, she does an incredible to, American accent. I didn't mean to sound like a fucking person, a racist, Oh, is like, she American. foreign? I just meant like, mm. is she one of those? Like, I just meant she's from yes. abroad because that normal people is like a UK, British, Irish show, right? Yes, she is. Uh, yeah, she's, I believe, Irish. Uh, please write in if, if I'm wrong. And I will say her American accent is incredible versus I recently saw Benedict Cumberbatch on SNL. And his his accent is bibbin and bobbin. It's it's in and out. <laughs> Some people can can nail it's it, live, and in this case, you know. she's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's sitting in her car outside of a Chinese restaurant, and she gets a call from her friend Molly. And Molly's like, "Are you kidding me?" And apparently, what has just happened? Noah is meeting a man for a first date off of like the movie's version of Hinge, which is called Puzzle Piece. And apparently, the guy texted her before the date, just so you know, this place is cash only. The implication being we're going to split it. Maybe you'll end up paying for it. Now, what is your de- dating etiquette for the first date in your mind, Kara? You know what? If somebody what? texted you that, what would your reaction be? Uh, I don't know because I guess like with online dating, it's like the way it is now, it's like you're swiping, you're both agreeing that you like each other and then you're both agreeing to go out. Like no one really yeah. proposes the date. Whereas, like, I guess when someone invites you on a date, you're like, okay, well, you invited me, so you're the one who's paying. I definitely, listen, I haven't dated since Tinder existed. I literally got married, or not, I I just got with my husband. I was on eHarmony. I've definitely done online stuff, but just not the gamification of online dating. So, I'm not really sure. Like, I would go on some dates with guys off of eHarmony where... I would be like, oh, let's split it. And they'd be like, no, I got it. Or they'd be like, okay. And I, would, I wouldn't really be offended if it was a first date. But that's like, yeah. that's me sort I, of trying to be a feminist. I also didn't ask for an engagement ring. Like I specifically asked not to have an engagement ring. You know what I mean? So I'm not, I'm right. not like, I'm not like treat me like a queen kind of girl. And so I, yes. maybe that's just me. I completely agree. I feel like I'd like someone to tell me it's cash only just so I'm prepared. Because I would definitely have a moment of panic yeah. where when the check comes, it's like, it's cash only. It's like, oh, I don't have cash. I have yeah, a yeah, yeah. ATM or whatever. So I'd like to know. I also agree in this day and age. It's one thing if they're like, I want to take you to like a really fancy place and I will pay. You know, like, yeah. then if, if it's going to be an expensive date and the one, it's one person inviting, then I think that person should be prepared to pay. But if you're just getting Chinese food, it's a first date. I think splitting it makes sense. So to me, this is not a huge red flag. What if you want to bounce? Like, what if it's like halfway through and you're like, this is incredibly terrible. Don't you want to be able to just Mm -hmm. like throw a 20 down and be like, gotta go, you know? like Absolutely. So I feel like in a way, it's a good thing to know. You're going in prepared. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, you know, Noah's like, oh, that's a little bit of a red flag. She then goes on the date with her, with this guy, Chad. Of course, his name is Chad. He sucks. And so there, that might have, may or may not have been a red flag, but there's all these red flags. Like he's, you know, sort of like 
you know, uh, critiquing her outfit. And you see to the trailer, he says, you know, yeah. women of our parents' generation, like, they cared more about, like, being, in, like, feminine. And I'll tell you, look, you look great in a dress. Meanwhile, it's the middle of winter in this movie. She has, like, a green sweater on. She's also <laughs> stunning. She's got yeah. great hair. I'm like, what do you expect women to look like, you freak, you know? He's also talking about how uh. it's like, oh, my acid reflux and it makes me vomit. Just really, he's just doing no good. Oh, And Jesus. then I will say this, I do believe, is the—he's also rude to the, the waitress in a, in a way that is racist. You know, like— Huge he's, red he's, flag. And then to me, I mean, the racism, that's the end of the deal— but then well, well, the racism, it, but even yes. being rude to servers in yes. general, like being rude to service people, that says a lot about you. And that is not, that's like not okay. Yeah, I went out with this guy and he was, I remember he was always rude to wait staff. And I knew that that was a bad sign. We ended up breaking up. And not that this is a one-to-one relationship, but I, one-to-one uh, correlation. But I remember he celebrated like his anniversary with his next girlfriend. And it was before we had broken up. Does that make sense? Like, it was like, oh, <laughs> like, it, it's sort of a red flag like in a lot of ways. two years together, and you're yeah. like, we broke up 18 months ago. <laughs> 100%. That's exactly what happened. Any, I don't even, I mean, who no. cares? Like, whatever, we were in our 20s. But um, then, <laughs> finally, he says to her, hey, you know, my brother's coming to town, so is it okay if I take home your leftovers, too? I was like, that's it. I have never, you're taking home my leftovers, and we're splitting the bill. That's I'm, gross. I'm eating these the second I get home. That's the point of leftovers, you yeah. know? So it's just a bus. So they're they're leaving, and Chad, as they walk out, leans in to kiss her, and she sort of like you know steps back. Is like, and she's very polite. She's like, I just don't think we're a match. And he's like, um, okay, well, good luck finding a guy you stuck up, bitch. Immediately turns on her, and storms off. Oh, like full incel treatment. Yes, yeah, total asshole. And then she also has a moment where she's like walk through a dark alley to get back to her car, and there's a guy hustling behind her, and she's like, you know, got her keys between her fingers. Like, is this? As every woman, you know, not just women, but, like, as everyone has had that experience of, like, is this person hustling up to stab me or are they simply— yeah. And then he, the guy goes by and he has a little baby and he's trying to, like, get out of the cold. So she's like, okay. But again, Aww. setting up, like, there, there's, like, a, you know, the, the discomfort of dating in addition to, like, the general, like, you know, that you have to protect yourself in life. How do you protect your heart and also physically yourself? Um do we know what city they're in? Um, I could not for the life of me figure it out because I was like, this has to be New York. And then finally, towards the end of it, we see um, a Google map and they're in Portland. Oregon. Wow. Yes. I know. I wouldn't have I'm expected like, it. I'm like unwell in a way that I have to know where we are in every movie. Like mm -hmm. I am like the person that's like obsessively scanning the license plates. Like what state is this? Where are we? Like, I don't know. I just need to know. No, I, love I can that. like yeah. go of it after a little while if they're not going to tell you, but I'm like, I, I need to know where we are. Like, I wish every movie had, like, a lower third at the very beginning that just said, like, I Montana. Hate, yeah, you know? I hate when it's too generic. Like, I remember seeing the movie Seven, which is obviously a great movie, but they never say yeah. where they're at. So it's like, is it, a, it, like, some parts look like L.A., some look like New York. I was like, I understand it's not supposed to be anywhere. It's like big city USA. It's like Gotham. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, but it probably makes sense because, uh, uh, as we're going to see, there are a lot of beautiful, um, woodland areas immediately outside the city, which I believe Portland is kind of, that's like their thing, you know, like a little city. Okay. And then as soon as you get outside, it's like gorgeous. So the yeah. next day, um, Noah goes to a kickboxing class with Molly. Molly's like, fuck them. You know, like, Hey, whatever. It's just like, don't take everything so seriously. Cause of course Noah's like, my dating life is washed. Like, I'm never going to meet anyone. I'm always going to be alone. Like, I'm a lonely person. And Molly's like, 
And, and Molly's bisexual, as we find out. And she's like, you cannot internalize this. Like, this has nothing to do with you. So she's kind of, um, yeah. you know, Noah's hype woman in that way. We also see, and this will become important later, Molly has a distinctive cell phone case. And it's like a woman's face in a red mask, sort of like a Batman mask. But mm-hmm. Noah does, it seems like Molly is Noah's only friend. So we see her, she's a graphic designer, so she works at home. She does kind of, like, she's kind of solitary life. And we see her swiping again, and a guy sends her a dick pic. And she's like, oh, great. You know, that's sort of, like, where we were at with dating. And so in the middle of the night, she's out of everything. So she makes a late-night grocery store run. And in the vegetable aisle, she's approached by Steve, played by Sebastian Stan, who immediately starts flirting with her. And I don't, I've never, well, I, I have seen the Avengers movie. I just don't care about them. So I know Sebastian Stan is in the Avengers. But this was like the first movie where I really. I think of him as I, Tanya. Yes. Okay, great. I've never, I never finished it. I've tried to watch it a couple times, oh. but I just fall asleep. I know. Yeah, he's Galuli in in uh, in Itania. Oh, okay. Yeah, and people always say that he was in Gossip Girl, and I watched every second of the original Gossip Girl, and I don't remember him at all. But you know, that's so interesting. I don't watch those Marvel movies either, so I don't know him from that. I I only think of him as like that. But I I find him to have a forgettable face. I know he's hot. Yes, and I'm like, but he has like forgettable hot. hot guy face to me. I think that makes sense. Like he's like a generic. No, like I mean, I, when I say generic, I mean like a generic ten. You know what I mean? Like he, he's gorgeous, obviously, yeah. but he's not like. It's like I guess someone drew a handsome white man with brown hair, Sebastian Stan. Um, he comes over to Noah, and he is so charming and so handsome, and he's just immediately like, have you ever had these cotton candy gl- grapes? Like they really do taste oh, like cotton so candy. Good. I've never had them, but they look delicious. <laughs> And he says, my oh, sister and my niece love them. So immediately it's like, ah, you're mentioning your sister and you're mentioning that there is a child that is not dead. So it's sort of like, oh, you're already like, how do I let this woman know that I'm like a nice, safe guy? Oh, my sister and my niece who I have a relationship with. Like, it's so deftly done that, of course, Noah's like, oh, I'm sorry. The hottest man I've seen in my life is like flirting with me and talking <laughs> with me like and of course, you know, they start to have a bit of banter and he's like, okay, it's great to meet you. And then he turns back, he's like, I never do this, uh, but this is crazy. Can I get your number? And she's like, uh, absolutely. Gets it in a matter of <laughs> seconds. And then Noah's just like, it's been a couple days. She, she and Molly meet up for lunch. She's like, I mean, he just came up to me and he was like, asked me and like, do people even meet in real life anymore? And Molly's like, yeah, he's probably married. I'm going to be honest, like from what you said, like, I don't mean to be a downer, but he sounds like a married man. Either way, Steve is not texted. And so he's sort of like, Noah's kind of building it up, building it up. And finally, Steve texts her and they meet at like an adorable cocktail bar with like a big, like, um, and not, not like horseshoe, but like a gigantic bar that everyone's sitting at. Like, it's so cute. And like, it's winter time. And you're like, of course, they're going to fall in love. It's cold out. You know what I mean? They're, they're each having an old fashioned, like, this is how you fall in love. And they have an incredible date. Uh, he reveals that he's uh, a reconstructive surgeon. And Noah's like, oh, so a plastic surgeon. He's like, well, I do do that, but I also help people. Like, I had a burn victim, uh, you know, patient recently. And so everything he's saying is like, I'm a doctor. I'm rich. I'm hot. I look like this. Like, I love everything you're saying. I'm laughing at your jokes, you know. And also there's a bartender, Paul, who is also hot as hell. And then he's sort of flirting with them. Like, he gives her a little bowl of cherries. And I'm like... Boy, if I wrote this movie, they would have a threesome. But unfortunately, we don't get it. It's going to be more (laughs) horrific here. And we find out that Noah has no siblings. Her father has died. And she's estranged from her mother to the point where she does not know where her mother lives. 
And Steve's like, you know, I understand that. My mother has died. My dad lives in Texas. You know, I don't really see him. So again, they're bonding over their dead parents. They, there's this chemistry. Yeah. You know, and it is like, no ways, of course, like, oh my God, love is real. You know, you have one good date. You're like, yes, I don't have to do, like, date forever. Which sounds like mirroring. Like, I don't know, maybe it's all ends up being true. But like, I just read this. Did you read this article about the Grey's Anatomy writer? Yes. Who was making up all her shit? Yes. So the woman that she who the mm-hmm. woman who like whistleblow her was her ex-wife or mm-hmm. her soon to be ex-wife who was like yeah she made up all this shit about her life that was like I'm like you I have a brother who did this and yeah. I have a, a a bad man in my life so it's like Kara maybe he's real but yeah Kara you're really reading this perfectly because that's your that, that you <laughs> notice that too it's like oh my mother's dying and you see him go oh my mother you know like oh yeah 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 so that's exactly what's happening. And as a result, Noah is like, how have I met the perfect man? And they're drinking and they're getting drunk. And she's like, I hate dating. I think people who believe in true love are idiots. I've like been alone like most of my life. I'm pretty good at it. And of course, and they have this like amazing kiss outside the bar. And they go back to Noah's place. And Noah says like, can I get you anything to eat or drink or to drink or to eat? And Steve says, no, just you. And then they have, like, this beautifully shot, like, hot sex scene where he goes down on her. And it's, like, like uh, <laughs> incredible. And in the morning, she wakes up with, like, a smile on her face. And Steve's still there, even more incredibly, and asleep. So she takes, like, sort of a shot of him on her phone when he's asleep. And they wake up, and they have, like, a cute coffee moment. And she's like, okay, you know. And she gives—once he goes home, she gives Molly a call, fills her in. And Molly's like— Oh, like, does he have Instagram? I want to see him. And she's like, you know, he doesn't have any social media. He doesn't really believe in it. And Molly's like, oh, yeah, it sounds like he's married. <laughs> like, that's like what a married guy would do. And Noah's like, absolutely not. Like, love is real, you know. We also find out that Molly and Paul, the bartender, used to date. And also, everyone in this movie is oh. the hottest person you've ever seen in your life. So that makes sense. It's like, yeah. oh, of course, they huh. must have found each other on whatever hot person app they have. Yeah, you can only be on it if you have, like, veneers. Yeah. And so they, the next date, uh, Noah invites them over. They order food in. And Steve says, oh, you know, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't eat meat myself. But you order whatever you want. And, you know, he says, have you have you told anyone about me yet after one date? To me, I'm like, oh, okay. And Noah says, yeah, I that's t- sketchy. Yeah, I told my friend Molly I met this cool guy. And this is the one part where I'm like, okay. But they end up having like a little dance party. And it's to that Blood Orange song, You're Not Good Enough. And they're like dancing in her living room. But again, like, she's falling in love with him. So it's, like, this beautiful, like, limerence, like, oh, my God. And he says, you know what? Let's do something crazy. Let's go away for the weekend. She's been on two days with this guy, Kara. And Noah says, let's do it. Of course, in the morning, she tells Molly. And Molly's like, what are you talking about? You don't even know this man. Like, two dates? Like, I haven't even seen him. And Noah's like, oh, you know what? Actually, here, I took a photo and sends the photo that she took of Steve asleep. And Noah's like, you're always telling me to just, like, follow my gut and do what I, like, don't, like, pretend. Like, I don't want to play games. Like, this is real love. And Molly's like, okay, but, like, tell me where you're going. Send me your information. Like, doing the right thing to keep her safe. Steve says, I'm going to pick you up. And where we're going is going to be a surprise. (laughs) Again, I would not be going if it was a surprise. And he tells her, okay, let's go to my house tonight. And then in the morning, we'll go to the surprise I can't keep it from you. We're going to Cottage Grove. And Cottage Grove, is, it just seems like, you know, some small town, like, uh, like outside the city, like go- waterfalls, hiking, that kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, of course. And they drive to Steve's extremely gorgeous country home. 
Because again, he's also rich. Like, we're talking. Wait, can I ask a question? Yeah. Where did they originally fuck? His house? Her place. Her place. Both She's dates. not been to his house. No. So this is the first time because okay. he lives outside the city. She's an apartment. She lives alone. But he's like, we'll go to my house and then we'll drive there in the morning because I, I got to work late and I just don't want to go there right now. And she's like, obviously, it's fine. The house, sickening. Like, gorgeous, like, 70s, like a <laughs> ranch, but, like, gorgeous art on the walls. Like, like beautiful bar cart. Like, just, I mean, like, ever, like the kind of furniture you aspire to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh, it's yeah. stunning. So, of course, she's like, okay, all right. So, he has taste. He's not, you know, he's got some money. Unfortunately, Kara they don't have cell signal out there. And darn it, the Wi-Fi must have gone out. So, you know, oh, but it's okay. God. It happens all the time out here. And he invites her in and he makes her, he's like, I know you love old fashioned, so I made, guess the flavor in this one. And he makes her a drink. And as Noah's sipping it, she sees a painting on the wall. And in the paint, there's a human tooth embedded in it. Unfortunately, she doesn't have time to react to that because her vision starts to go blurry. Uh. And she starts to lose consciousness. And she tries to stand up and immediately collapses to the carpet while Steve makes himself a second drink. Kara, when Noah wakes up, she finds herself in a windowless room with a mattress on the ground, and she is chained to the wall by her wrists. Kara, if this was you, what would you do? What would you do? Listen, this is too, too perfect is also a red flag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a, a, a guy with a great decorating taste and a good job and he's hot and he's, you know, it's like, this is too many good things. Like I would immediately Absolutely. be suspicious. Oh yeah, my God. Like, oh, I, I would, I, I've been AA. Also, I'm divorced. I have four kids. You know I mean, like there's plenty of ways of being a great person, but having some sort of baggage or something you need to talk about. Yeah. But it's like, I've got no, I've got nothing complicated in my life. And it's like, there's got to be something or else. And not like marriage is not, does not have to be a goal for everybody. But there would be something where it's like, well, then why are you single at 40, yeah. 45? I mean, like he's gorgeous, but like, sure. he's, it's not like he's 25. You're like, yeah, everyone's single. It's like, what's going on with your life that you're like. No, you got to hear one detail. You got to hear like, yes. oh yeah, Good Charlotte's my favorite band. Like you got to hear okay, something. You know what it. I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. okay, I can live with that because you're so hot and you're a doctor, <laughs> but you do have terrible taste in music. Or, yes, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, don't come for me. Absolutely. Don't come for me, Good Charlatans. I don't know what their fans are called. But okay, <laughs> I wake, I've thought about this before because mm-hmm. obviously I've watched shows like you. I've watched shows like um, the, the OA mm-hmm. where people are held in captivity. Absolutely. And I... I don't know. It's so yeah. terrifying. Like to wake up in a pe- in like a windowless room, shackled. I I, I, I would probably yeah. have an absolute meltdown. I don't know. hundred percent. Me too. Oh, I would just I be vomiting. I would. And, oh, there's also a toilet in the bedroom, yeah. which I thought was good, but it also does imply that it was built for this purpose. You know what I mean? It's not like yes. oh, I'm being kept in a bath or like a bedroom or like in the basement. This room was built for people to be held in it. That's a way bigger issue. Yeah, it's funny because when Lisa and I are doing our podcast, which if you don't know, I I do a podcast about Law & Order SVU. So we talk about the true crimes that the episodes are based on. And so there's a lot of captivity that we talk about. And it's always like the women have a bucket and like a hose to shower with. And Lisa's always like, if you're going to be holding women for a long time, why not make it nice? This like, why great, not literally absolutely. do a toilet? Why not give them a real bed, not like a dirty mattress on the ground? Like, if you want to keep them for years and, like, rape them over and over again, I guess, why not, like, absolutely. let them 
be like have basic hygiene. And um, yeah, it's it, it's like it sounds like this guy got the memo. Please listen to That's Messed Up. If you like recaps of horror movies, <laughs> you will enjoy recaps of Law and Order episodes, Law and Order SVU episodes. And then only that, then talk about the crime that it is based on and then interview someone who was in the show. It's got it all. So, but yes, this yeah. is a very I, SVU I didn't scenario. Do, I didn't mean to no. butt in with a plug. I just wanted Please. to, if I'm going to reference the pod, I wanted to say what it's about. Absolutely. <laughs> no, and I, I feel like for me, my question is always in this situation is, would I, and I, I've thought about this, it's like, would I immediately try to kill this guy? Because my th- my concern is, okay, if I'm not getting out of here and I don't know how to get out, that's my first reaction is I'm stuck here. Should I be trying to strangle him so he can't get out and do this to other people? Should I be thinking that far ahead? Or is there a way that I could trick him into unchaining me? Because I don't think I necessarily have that wherewithal. Like, I'm not sneaky. I'm not a good liar. I feel like I would not be able to finesse him to release me. But if he came in, I could probably hit him over the head with like the toilet tank or something, lid, and maybe kill him. I think that I— I don't know. I think I would be like, I got to do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to like earn his trust and like let him like let me out of here or something because yeah. it's like, I don't know if you watch Search Party, but like there's that season where the one of the main characters is trapped inside and the guy's so like, good. yeah, there's a code at the top of the stairs. You'll never guess it. So if you kill me, like you're you're going to yeah. die in here. Yeah. And so it's like, and like die a lot of times. And that's what a yeah. lot of these guys would do is they'd be like, the door is like padlocked. So if you kill yeah. me, you can't get out. And you know. Another great show where this happens. Did you see the show Cruel Summer? No, my friend is a writer's assistant on that show, oh, I and, really I, liked and it. I have not seen it yet. Yeah, I think yeah. you'd really enjoy it. But similarly, what would you do if you, even if you were to get a jump on someone, you would not be able to escape? Uh, these questions and more will be uh, addressed in uh, the next act. So, okay. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner with blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... The charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Nor wakes up, and she does not immediately recognize where she's at. She just is like... Because it's not like a cell. Like, it's a mattress on the ground. It's a bed. But it also has, like, a mural of, like, sort of like a, um, a Hawaiian sunset. And there's carpet and a toilet. So she's just like, what happened? Are you? And Steve's like, are you okay? Steve is sitting in a room across, a chair across the room. And Noah, uh, Noah is like, what happened? And Steve says, I'm going to tell you, but you're going to freak out. And Noah's not stupid. So she's like, oh, God. Like, she's immediately freaking out, like, panicking. Like, please take the chains off. And he's like, I, you know, I can't do that. She's having a breakdown realizing, okay, this this guy kidnapped me. And her first question is, reasonably enough, are you going to rape me? And he's like, no, no, no. I'm not going to rape you. But then he says something, but I think it's probably the top five things you don't want to hear on a third date. I'm going to sell you meat. So Steve lays out how this works. So he's not going to kill her right away. He's going to keep her alive and then take pieces off of her body because it's more expensive Uh, It's more uh, costly. People will pay more for meat from a living victim and then sell it to a community of like-minded individuals 
who want to eat the meat of a human being. As you can imagine. Okay, my yeah. first question is why are you why are you selling the meat of a 100-pound woman? Oh my god. And this goes this is sort of the silence of the lambs question because he kept kidnapping larger women. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. you're right. It would you would get more bang for your buck if you were getting yeah. larger people. But I think it's more and we sort of talk about this it's sort of like the people who are eating the meat want to know about the women. So I think maybe he's targeting like very traditionally oh, attractive. It's like, you know. It's, it's like that like, sketch on Portlandia where they're like, this is a chicken named Colin. And mm-hmm. these were his hobbies. Like when they tell you about the meat, exactly. like that's the joke about Portland that like, you know, that's how woke <laughs> they are that they want to like just know the backstory. on what. So that's like this. Yeah. Oh God. And I think it's sort of like, oh, like, so like, I think they have to be young, traditionally attractive. Now that I listen, now that a person of size can't be traditionally attractive, but I think it's like, the perverts who are buying this meat have their standards. You know what I mean? And, and again, that's the, that's the analogy between this and sort of the meat market that is dating. It's like she was targeted because she's a traditionally beautiful uh, woman. But to your point, yeah, you're talking 100 pounds soaking wet. So there's only so much meat yeah. you're going to be able to get there. She, of course, starts like screaming, freaking out. But at the same time, like she's realizing like, oh, he's the only one who can release me. So it's, it, she can't like turn on him right away because she's smart. She's like, um, please, like, we have a connection. You know, I know that I know that you like me. We don't have to. I won't tell anyone. You know, like, you could just let me go. Of course, he says, I'm not going to do that. You know, when Steve turns his back to leave, Noah jumps on him and tries to attack him, but her chains aren't long enough. And he's able to grab her. And he puts his hand over her mouth. And he says, stop being so dramatic. And then he drops her on the floor. Fortunately, she has told one person where she is, Kara, and that person is Molly. And now Molly has to be a fucking detective to figure out what's going on. And we see Molly at the gym. She's leaving Noah a voicemail like, um, I didn't hear from you. And we're to understand, like, this whole movie takes place over, like, about a week. So it's already been a day or two. And and so Molly's like, haha, like, are you having fun? Where did you end up going? Like, Call me back. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Texting her like, you're starting to freak me out. Like, please tell me. Finally, she got a text back that says, we're in Cottage Grove. I'll try to call later, but the service isn't great. I think we're going to stay like this week. I'm having the best time. And then the photo of a waterfall. Meanwhile, the actual Noah's like screaming and like panicking in the room alone. And then Kara, she hears another female voice through the vent. There is another woman being held captive next to her. Her name is Penny. Oh, no. Oh, no. And they start talking. She's like, yeah, I was in the city visiting when I met Steve. Like, I don't know how long I've been here. And Noah's like, okay, that's good, though. Not good. But, like, people, your family must be looking for you. And Penny tells her, I don't really have a lot of family. So Noah's like, oh, great. That he he's target- targeting yeah. people. Targeting people who don't have a lot of connections, don't have family. <sighs> and Penny says, there's also a third woman here, Melissa, who has lost her mind. And we hear Melissa sort of like singing through the vents, understandably. But she is sort of like, you know, lost a hold of reality. And Noah, because she's the newest one, is like, we have to get out of here. We are going to figure out a way out of here. Meanwhile, M- Molly works at like, it looks like BuzzFeed or any of like those like all white cubicle filled offices. Yeah, yeah. She's trying to be like, okay, how can, if I, if she's not replying, how can I find information about this guy? So she's trying to Google, she cannot find a plastic surgeon under Steve's name. So she's like, okay, so that was not his real name. So that's going to be tough. And she gets another text from Noah saying like, hey, I'm going to shut my phone off. You know, I just like, I'm going to take a break from technology, which is Molly's like, that's not my friend. She's a graphic designer. She would never do that. 
she, Molly, reverse image searches the waterfall photo and realizes it's just from the Cottage Grove tourist website. It's not a photo that was taken by them. So she's like, oh, God damn it. And she's texting Noah, like, call me. It's an emergency. No reply. In the house, we see Steve preparing some meat. And we don't know whose leg it is. It's not Noah's. He takes a human leg and he starts carving it up into individual packages, which are then vacuum sealed and put into like a um, uh, dry ice container. And we see there is a photo of the person. It's Melissa's leg. So it has Melissa's photo and her full name. And then in each box, Kara, he puts like her bra, her sunglasses, like a personal effect that she, because everyone he's taken is someone who thought they were going away for the weekend. So they have, he has oh, their underwear. God. He has their like, you know, whatever journal. <clears throat> so each, and there's about a dozen boxes, packs it up. And on the side of the delivery boxes, which then get picked up by a man in a van, there's like a goat's head, like sort of a demonic goat's head. So I'm like, I guess it's like the delivery services logo, you know? Oh. Later, uh, Steve brings Noah food and Noah refuses to eat it. I would too. It's like, you've already poisoned me once. Like, how am I going to fucking know, you know? And she said, can I please shower? I haven't showered in a couple of days. I, you know, I'm asking you politely. And Steve's like, are you going to shower alone? And Noah doesn't reply. He's like, hey, I'm just trying to make you laugh. You know what I mean? Just give me one smile. It's like, you were going to cut me up like a Christmas turkey. Like, why the fuck would I be smiling for you? But yeah. she knows how to fake it. She smiles for Steve and he takes her up to the shower. And, you know, it, it seems like she's kind of being compliant. And then Kara, she just sees like a smear of blood randomly on the wall. And so she attacks Steve. And unfortunately, again, she she's 100 pounds. She can't beat him in a, in a fist fight. Yeah. So, you know, he sort of, you know, he immediately grabs her and hauls her back down. And also we realize that this, the entire floor, uh, uh, so basically they're all in the basement. So it's like a series of cells in the basement. This house was built for this purpose, whether he built yeah. it Ugh. or whether it was built for him to do this, you know, it's also, it's gorgeous. The first floor is gorgeous. And he throws her back in the cell. He smashes her head against the wall Kara, the next time Noah wakes up, she is paralyzed and she is numb on a operating table. And he tells her, you've lost my trust and now I'm taking your ass. He surgically removes her ass, Kara. And I was like, how? And that's why I started Hallie, to be like, Hallie, what are you talking about? I know. Also, like, how would you survive that? Like, I guess he's like, I'm cauterizing it. So you, you know what I mean? I guess they only keep them alive for, let's say, a couple of weeks at most. But I was like, how so do you survive without an cheeks? ass? Just the cheeks. It's just the cheeks. So, but then how do you even close that up? Like, to get, I, like, you know, how would you? I don't know. These are great questions. And you don't see it. I will say to the movie's credit, you don't see it. Because he has, like, he's like, I'm cauterizing the wound. I'm like, the wound is, like, a foot across. Like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's, like, two major open wounds. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you would. I don't wow, know. an asectomy. So back in the city, Molly visits Paul, the bartender, because she remembers, okay, what else do I know? Again, Molly's a genius. She's like, oh, now that I'm remembering, Noah told me that Paul, my ex, was her bartender on their first date in passing. So okay. if they went to Paul's bar, Paul must have this guy's actual name on a credit card. Hopefully. If he Paul's paid as a gentleman. Paul's getting involved. And of course they have his I like, think Paul's involved though. I think oh, Paul's okay. part of it. Oh, okay, Paul's involved. All right. 
So Am he, I, I'm probably wrong, but I feel like Paul's involved. If this was an SVU episode, Paul would absolutely be involved. And so they go, and Paul's <laughs> like, I can't give you the information. I could get lose my job. Like, just if you care that much, just call the police. And I will just say, like, both Molly and Paul are black. And, uh, well, not everyone else in the movie, but um, Steve and Noah are white. So Molly is, of course, like, I'm— what did tell them what? Like, oh, my friend took a long, like, a vacation with her boyfriend, and she's still texting me back, and I'm just weirded out. Yeah. And and Paul's like, well, she is white. Maybe they'll care more. I don't know. It's worth asking them. I said tell the cops <laughs> just to have it on the record. You know what I mean? I'm not saying—I don't think the cops yeah. would do anything in this situation, but at least you have it like, okay, I'm making the call. I'm flagging this. And who knows? Maybe there have been other reports of missing women, you know what I mean, in the Portland area. So that's my opinion. But— you know, she's saying, like, please just think about it. Please give me the his real name off his credit card. And Paul's like, I'll think about it. And Molly, of course, is, like, flirting with him to get him to do it. And it's like, you're looking good, by the way. Noah wakes up from surgery. Her ass is gone, which, again, I don't understand, and they do not explain. And she talks to Penny through the vent about, like, missing her ass, you know, like, and she has to drag herself around because you can't walk without your ass. I, I, you know, like it's a it's a pivotal part of the body. You and, can't walk without your ass, you know, or you can. She does eventually. I didn't think about that, but it's very difficult. Like you have to like really build back up to it because you know a lot. You know, like if you're upright, the ass is doing some of the propulsion. I'm I don't know why I'm talking like I'm. I have yeah. anything to do with science, but no, you're you're you feel it feels like you took like one like a physiology class right. or something in college, Hallie. I'm buying it. Wow. Thank you. Okay. And Noah's talking to Penny. She's like, I cannot believe I fucked this guy. And Penny says, you fucked him? I didn't, and no one else who's come through here has fucked him. Not to slut shame. You know, how could you have known? But Noah's like, okay, that's interesting. He slept with me, but he doesn't normally sleep with these women. If he actually really likes me, does that give me some pull? I could sort of manipulate the situation in the way that these other women couldn't do it. Back at work, Paul comes through. Molly gets. Uh, and what are you seeing? Are they showing her? Are they showing her backs? I know you're saying that they're not showing like the open wound, but are they showing like her with like a full flat back of her of her body? Yes. yes. So she's wearing like a hospital gown, but there is it is styled in such a way that where her butt is gone. To be fair, she's a very slender woman, so she didn't have like yeah. It wasn't like oh yeah, my it wasn't god, she had a huge badonka donk. Right, it wasn't yeah. like Megan the Stallion <laughs> lost her butt. You would like you're like dear God, I will kill this man myself. Like, I mean, she had a butt, but it, it wasn't— So she, they're kind of having, like, more of a loose, billowy— which I imagine would be more comfortable if you had to have your butt amputated um, in general. Um, Paul comes through, and with Steve's real name, his full name is Brendan Stephen Kemp. And Molly's Googling and, and you know, image searching. And she finds not um, Steve's Facebook, but that of his wife, Anne Kemp. Steve is, in fact, married and has two little kids with his wife, Anne. And so Molly is able to do, like, take images from Facebook and find the address of their house, which is outside Portland. Molly is a true friend. Because I would not be able to do any of that shit. I'd be like, Allison, sorry, oh I'll never see God. you again. Like, I don't know how to do yeah. any of that. Um, so, so she's basically like, I'm going to show up. Molly shows up at the Kemp's house. But, again, smart. She texts Paul. He has a family. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I guess I'm going to just go, hey, talk to this woman. Because now she's like, is this guy a serial killer? And I'm about to tell his wife that his her husband is a serial killer. I don't know how that's going to go over if she's going to believe me. And Paul's like, yikes, I don't know, man. What are you going to do? And because Molly is smart, she shares her location of her phone with Paul. 
So she started like, if you don't hear from me, this is where my phone is. Alert the authorities. After, you know, whatever nightmare surgery he was doing earlier, Steve comes in to Noah's room and he gives her a drink. And he's like bitching about like, oh, he sleeps bad and his work schedule's crazy. His work is cutting up these women. And Noah's like not reacting. Then she says, why did you sleep with me, Steve? And he's like, because I, I I did, I do like you. And it was, but it was a mistake. And he leaves her a stack of women's, ma- like Cosmos to read, like as if she's recovering from surgery, you know, like just a bunch of magazines. She's flipping through it, and there's a note written from a previous victim. And it says, if you're reading this, it means he likes you. Use it. Keep fucking fighting, sending strength, and the name Samari Ekbari. So whatever woman used to be in this cell, the fact that you have these magazines means that he likes you, so you can use that. Which we already kind of knew, but it's very smart. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. I'm wrapped. I'm, like, fully... Yes. You're well, great at this. Yeah, and, and we're, it's only going to go, thank you very much, and it's only going to get crazier. So Molly shows up and was like, hey, I am i don't know how to explain this, but, like, my friend, I think, was seeing your husband, and I don't know what happened to them. I can't get in touch with her. Anne invites her in and was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, my husband comes home every night. Like, I don't—I think you're the wrong person. If you're concerned, I would call the cops. Like, I don't know anything about this. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's not my husband. Also, my husband's name isn't Steve. It's Brendan. She's like, yeah, well, about that. I'm pretty sure we're talking about the same person. You know, back in the cannibal dungeon, you know, Steve visits Noah, who's like re- regaining her strength. And she's sort of like doing push-ups. And she's sort of walking slowly around her cell to be able to like build up her ability to walk. And he says, do you need anything? And Noah says, what does it taste like? And Steve replies, if it's done right, it's fucking exquisite. It's like nothing you've ever had before. So again, Noah very deftly is like, all right, I got to get on his good side. I got to pretend like I pretend on my dates. I got to pretend that I like what a guy likes. What is this guy like? Eating human flesh? Eating all right. people, yeah. Then guess what? I'm. That's my new thing. You know what I mean? Like you like the Dodgers? Yeah, I it's the like Dodgers. I've done it with football. I can do it with this. Exactly. <laughs> Back at the Kemp's home, Anne's like, um, I don't, because Molly has the photo of Steve. It's like, I don't know if that's my husband. It's just one photo and his eyes are closed. And I saw him before he went to work. Like, I just don't know. And and Molly's like, did he ever go to Cottage Grove? Does he go out of town a lot? Just then, Kara, Steve arrives home. And Molly's like, can I talk to your husband? And Anne's like, yeah, go ahead. I, I He does something about it. And Molly's like, I, I think you're this guy, Steve. And he's like, no, I, I don't know what you're talking about. It's obviously Steve. We know it's Steve. But he, Molly, having not met him, is like, it's hard for her to prove that it's him. So he's like, no, it's not my name. I, right. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't go to the you know city that often. And anyways, you know, Molly's like, all right, I guess, sorry, I, I must have got the wrong person. As Steve and Anne are walking Molly to the front door, Molly calls Noah's cell phone. And Steve fucked up because the cell phone rings in his pocket. And we know it is the we know it is Noah's ring because when Molly calls Noah, it plays the Golden Girls theme song. And Steve <laughs> turns to Molly because he's between the door and Molly, and he turns to Molly. Molly's like, "Oh fuck, I should have waited till I was outside to do that." Probably. Just then, Anne hits Molly over the head, knocking her unconscious. So Anne, the Anne's wife, obviously it. she's in yeah. on it. Obviously, she would have to know that's going on. He, they have a whole other house. And now as a result, Steve is forced to take Molly to the dungeon. Because what else are you going to do? You're going to leave that good meat to go bad? 
And as the Golden yeah. Girls theme song is playing and he's like taking Molly back to the other house, we see the array of disgusting rich old men who are eating the human meat. And one of them's like really sick in a hospital bed and he's eating the Wait, meat. Wait, how he's do got you see that? Pills. It's just a montage like of like glimpses of like oh. whatever. And, and we sort of get into it, but sort of like it's supposed to be like, you know, it's like the Jeffrey Epstein's. Like they're all like depraved, rich, like people who want to experience something that no one's ever experienced. Like that's who it is. Yeah. And they're all just a fucking like what, like, you know, they're all like the stereotypes of what you think like an older, depraved, rich man looks like. Yeah. Unfortunately, Molly is now in the basement as well, which brings me to my question. Kara, at this point in the film, who do you think will survive? survive. God, oh God, oh God, oh God. And I'll run okay, it down. Well, okay, yeah, we got Noah, we got Molly, we got Steve, we got Anne, we got Penny. Those are them. Penny's and, the first girl next door, and then, and then what's the girl who's gone crazy? Melissa. Melissa. Listen, I want to think Noah's getting out of there, but I don't know. Right. I, I mm-hmm. know that there's like a trope of black people being the first killed in movies, but I'm hoping since this is like a Hulu movie in 2022 right. that they're going to be like, no, Molly lives too. Oh, and then also and Paul yeah. the bartender. Paul is at play as well. Yeah, Paul is at play as well. And th- yeah, I want to think Paul is going to do a little rel thing and like come in at the end mm-hmm. and sort of save save his friends. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. And then Steve, how do we feel about Steve? Is he making it out of this unscathed? Will he be punished for his crimes, Kara? Oh, I hope so. Yeah. All right, great. And this man is... Uh, I guess I need a little bit more background of, like, how did this business get started, but whatever. Well, luckily, we're about to get some right now. But even then, yes. I'm just like, okay, but, like, what? You know, no. I think it's sort of like, in order to get in this business, you have to have an interest in the biz. You know what I mean? You have to be invested in learning more about the business. And it's like, even that's like, well, but why, or why did he end up like that? You know, but we'll get into that in just a moment. Yeah, and he's got kids. Like, have we seen the kids yet? Yes, we well, we hear the kids. We see the kids going in when Anne pulls up. The kids run into the house. So it's two little boys. They're adorable. I, I'm so bad, as listeners will know, I'm so bad at kid ages, but they're both under 10. Like, they're little kids. So it's like, knowing that this was your life's work, you chose to bring children into the world. Yeah. What if someone tried to eat your kids? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a question we should all think about. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. With blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. So, like I said before, fortunately, Molly is smart and shared a location with Paul. And now Paul's like, oh, did you talk to the wife? Now Molly is not replying to Paul. So Paul's like, well, fuck, now I'm being drawn into this. Now I'm going to have to try to find Molly because I have her location. Meanwhile, back in her cell, Noah's doing push-ups, trying to rebuild her strength after having her ass removed. And Steve comes in, and he's kind of dressed nice. He's like, why did you ask what it tasted like? And Noah's like, I guess I was curious. Like, I don't know. What else are we going to talk about? And Steve said, I wanted to see how curious you are. 
And he brought her like a change of clothes and he leaves it for her. So Steve says, I want you to get ready. I want to find out how curious you are. I'll be back later. Back at Steve's house, we see Steve and Anne sort of like getting, you know, ready for like undressed at the end of the day. And Anne does this incredibly scary movie move where like she looks like she's about to remove her head like in the mirror, but then Steve interrupts her. And I took it to mean like, like you maybe even their understanding of like what a human body is has started to break down. Like she looks like she's a, like in the mirror as if she's about to pull off her own head. We know that's not possible. I think there's a quick. I think there's a quick flash of that in the trailer. And it's such a weird. And 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 we're about to find out like perhaps why she was doing that. So, but they have this like most banal like end of the day. They're both brushing their teeth. They're double sink like chit chat. And he's like, oh my god, now we have more product, which means which is good because it means more orders, but. It means more clients expecting deliveries. I'm going to have to go back after this. I just want to say goodnight and, like, basically start butchering more now that we have Molly. And Steve tells Anne, good teamwork today. And he kisses her. And then he's off back to the, the cannibal dungeon. And Anne undresses for the shower. And we see as she pulls off her pants, she takes off her prosthetic leg. So I think we're to think that Anne was a captive who was able to survive— and I think the only way she was able to do it is to completely subsume herself into like a Stockholm syndrome situation. And I guess that's why she was like about to pull off her head. Like whatever happened to her has like turned her into someone who would do this. And so like, you know, she is just like as insane as him at this point, if that makes sense. Yeah. So back at the murder house, Steve is like, he's butchering, he's preparing, he's salting, he's, you know, and he, we see he has a big industrial freezer full of vacuum-sealed limbs and torsos. So they do sell, like, they butcher the body and then they freeze it, but the freshest meat off of living victims is where you get, like, the real money. And he does say, at a certain point, the price of a dish, and I will get into that because I'm like, that is not enough money. If you're eating a person, it, it should be, like, $5 million. But he takes out yeah. a torso— I- and we see, and that's what we see, uh, he has to chainsaw because it's frozen, then he puts it through the meat grinder, which we see in the in the trailer. Finally, having cooked, Steve takes Noah up, and he gives her a glass of wine and, like, a cheese plate, and he sits it down, and Steve explains that he first tried human meat for the first time at 19, and we were given no information about, like, why, who gave it to him, how did that happen? And he said, like, the thing that was so distressing was not that he did it, was that he was a normal person, and now he had this thing that he couldn't tell anyone. And even worse, he couldn't get the taste out of his mouth. He really loved the taste. And then he, quote, did his research, and he found, again, a community of devotees. And he said, that's when my life started to make sense. Steve tells Noah. Oh, my God. It's about giving. Giving yourself over to somebody. Becoming one with somebody else forever. It's like, well, they're not surrendering. You're kidnapping them. They're it, it, yeah. like, it, I mean, like, we always think of like that and German guy. And they're anesthetized guy. when they, exactly. they're anesthetized when they offer themselves to you. There is that, like, that store, like that famous case where it was like two German men. One of them basically, like, was like, hey, if anyone wants to eat me, and a guy replied to his, like, Craigslist ad and ends up eating the guy. And then the guy was charged with murder. And the question is, is it murder if the person does want to be eaten? And I would say, still not good. Still shouldn't happen. But that would be a different situation than this one, which is like, this is not love. This is not, they're not consenting to it. It's not anything. Yeah. And then Noah asks, (sighs) I know. Noah asks another important question is, 
why do you only eat women? And Steve says, well, that's where the market is. Plus, women just taste better. And then he takes a big, delicious plate of pasta with a big, fat meatball on it, and he puts it in front of her. And Noah asks, is it me? Because her, we know her ass meat is at play. And he's like, no, 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 it's not you. There's a woman named Hope. And, and Noah kind of laughs at that. He's like, she's like, Hope, that's funny. And he tells her, so it's like a plate of spaghetti <laughs> with one meatball. It says, this plate is worth $30,000. $30,000 for a meatball made in human flesh? It should be $300,000. Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, if you're dealing with like, yeah, the highest clientele, yes. but I don't know. I think maybe that says something about how much these people value women's bodies, right? Yeah, you're right. 30 grand. They're like, well, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I could just get like anybody. I could kidnap like a yep. sex worker or something like that who no one is, you know, thinking about or something. And, you know, Ugh. they probably just are like, eh, you know. No, you're absolutely right. And and he does say that, you know, the people with the clientele are like the 1% of the 1%. It's And they want it because like no one else has had this experience. And he takes a bite and Noah reaches out and takes a bite of the meatball. And that's how committed Noah is to getting the fuck out of there. She's Surviving, like, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, you're going to eat this meatball? Guess what? I'm eating the meatball. And she's like, it's She's not- like, straight up, let's lady and the tramp this shit. Like, absolutely. let's do it. <laughs> And Steve's whole thing is like, oh, my God, I'm a normal person with a terrible secret. And it's like, oh, wow, a woman who, like, really understands me. And Noah's like, is that what I expected? It's sort of indescribable. And she takes another bite. So Steve's like, oh, my God, I found my dream woman. Like, a woman who enjoys eating human flesh. I mean, it's just fucking foul. So he takes Noah back to her cell. But obviously, she starts, again, like, in the same way that he mirrored her and absolutely won her over, she is now mirroring mirroring him and winning him over. So she's like, actually, I'm like you. And he tells her, you know how I knew I, that you were special, Noah? Because you're fucked up, too. The thing is, she's not fucked up. She's smart. Like, she's, this is what yeah. she's doing. And as soon as he leaves, she starts vomiting, like, into the toilet, like, throwing up, horrified at what she had to do. And unfortunately, she's throwing up so much that she doesn't hear Steve bring Molly. She was in the um in the trunk of his car. And Steve brings Molly into the basement. So now Molly and um Noah are in the basement, but they don't know the other one is there. But Penny calls yeah. to, calls through the vent. There's a new girl, there's a fourth girl. I just heard him come back in. You know. Unfortunately, Steve sucks. So he immediately gets to work on Molly on the operating table. Like Molly doesn't even get to like no. take a nap. He is he's, you know, chopping it up. Later, Steve is sort of like, he now is like, Noah's my dream woman. I'm like my hag wife who, I, who is helping me run this and like knows all my secrets. I got this hot new girl. Shouldn't we believe though that Anne also eats the meat? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think Anne is completely in on it. But I think the implication is that Anne is, um, was potentially one of the victims to begin with. And that she has sort of been, not that it excuses her behavior, obviously, let me tell you, she gets hers. There, I do feel a little bit bad. It's like, I guess if you are willing to subsume yourself into this in order to survive, then you go so far as to like, I guess this is okay. I don't know. That's what I think we're supposed to think. Yeah. You know, Steve comes down, he has this beautiful, like a jet black gift box with like a beautiful pink dress and he gives it to Noah and he's like, along with some makeup. And he's like, I'll pick you up at seven. And she's like, I don't know what time it is because there are no windows, but okay. And we see them both getting ready and she's practicing smiling and being nice to him. And he brings her up to like the proper dinner table. They were eating like the, um, like sort of the, the counter. 
in the kitchen. And again, and in her outfit, her, it just it, looks like she has no ass. There's just no ass. I'm just so obsessed I don't know. with the flat ass. I guess to me, it's like, I guess she, like, if they had, like, really tight bike shorts on her, I don't know. Like, it definitely, it doesn't look deliberate, but they also are dressing her in things that are a little more billowy. Like, there's, you you wouldn't really yeah, see the ass okay, to begin gotcha. with. Yeah. Gotcha. She's not in, like, a skin-tight, like, bandage dress. No, okay. no. Yeah, I mean, if only. Again, literal bandages because her <laughs> ass is still bleeding. <laughs> So he he sits he sets her up and and it's like there's like tapered candles and like a, a glass a carafe of red wine and she immediately starts slamming wine because she's like if I'm gonna do what I'm planning to do which we don't know what it is yet I'm gonna need to be drunk so she's like drinking and he's like oh yeah we're having a night tonight he brings out pate it's obviously human liver on toast again they look fucking yeah. delicious Kara. And Noah says, okay, so who is this? And Steve tells her, it's Melissa. So we know Melissa is dead. He's serving an internal organ. So Melissa is, unfortunately, no more. They're, like, bantering. She's like, oh, my God, it tastes so decadent. But then you find out her name is Melissa, and it's so boring. And they're, like, laughing. You know, and they're, like, flirting. And Steve shows her behind the painting with the tooth embedded in it is a wall of cubbies. And each cubby is all the personal effects of the women. So we see Penny's cubby. We see Sammy Akbari, the name for the magazine's cubby, Melissa's cubby, yeah. with a photo of them and, like, all their stuff they had brought for the weekend. And Noah's like, well, where's my stuff? And Steve's like, I'll be honest, it's it's with me. I'm keeping it with me. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, it's like, what is wrong with you? And Noah sees a cubby with all their cell phones. And Kara, unfortunately, amongst the cell phones, she sees a very familiar case, a woman in the red mask. And she realizes he has Molly's cell phone. Molly must now be the fourth woman. So now Noah has to pretend to not know this and is like terrified, but is also drunk. And they sit down and he brings out, uh, they're both eating breast meat. So it's fully a breast. It's Molly's breast. And Steve says, it has a very subtle taste. You might even call the taste familiar. And Noah laughs and says, you saved the breast to last. And they're all like they're laughing, and then suddenly because it's she's been faking. Does it the so meat hard. look just like a nipple? Like, does it look like a human breast? It looks like if you've ever seen like a cross section, it looks like I don't know what's in a breast. Am I going to like do breasts even have? I thought they were just like fat. That I I didn't realize they're. If, I don't. Maybe they're just eating the fat. I don't know, but it looks like a cross section of a breast. So it sort of looks like um like fat. Like it looks like a fatty, uh, like mm, like the the uh, fat on like a steak. So it doesn't look yeah. good at all. It looks horrible, but it looks, it's like a circle. It's awful. It's like a slice of a breast. Disgusting. So Noah starts sobbing because it's like, so you can only fake it so hard, but she's just like, um, I feel awful not about what we're doing because what we're doing doesn't make me feel awful. You know, like I'm like you and Steve comforts her. And he's like, it's all going to be okay. How? I already cut off her ass, you know? And he's like, you're just different. You're like me. And I knew from the moment I met you and they kiss and he looks down. And he's like, I didn't even handcuff you. And she didn't run away. And she, it's like, I didn't. I'm earning your trust. And Noah says to him, do you want to dance? And oh, Kara, they dance. There's like a whole other dance sequence. And it's like romantic. And finally, they head into the bedroom. She's still not handcuffed. And Steve lays down on the bed and Noah like nips into the bathroom. And when she comes back, she undoes his pants and pushes him down. And then she bites off his dick. And she jams, she had squirted a palm full of toothpaste and she jams it in his eyes. So he's screaming, like spits his dick out and is able to run out of his bedroom and use her handcuffs, which she still has, but they're undone. So you see a dick in her mouth? No, you just see like blood. Basically, it's like a, a waterfall of blood comes out of her mouth. So you don't see uh -huh. the dick itself. 
again, tastefully done. And she's able to take her cuffs and lock the door from the outside. Because they sort of, like, pull... The, do- the door is door yeah. handles, which is, like, an interesting interior design choice. But, you know, is able to trap him. So she gets his keys, runs downstairs. He's like, I will cut your heart out, you fucking bitch. And she's unlocked. She unlocks Molly. Molly's, like, alert after her surgery. Unlocks Penny. Penny is one of her legs amputated, so she can't walk. So they have to, like, carry Penny upstairs. Unfortunately, they get upstairs, Kara... Just as Steve is getting out of the bedroom. So now they all have to fucking fight Steve. And all of them have had surgeries. And yes, Steve just did get his penis bitten off. But he is very motivated to not let them leave and expose his, like, horrible business. Right. So he's kicking these women's ass. Like, they're, like, smashing things. Like, he smashed the bull on Molly's head. And finally, he starts strangling Noah up against, like, the kitchen island. And Molly is able to get up on the island and then kicks him in the head so hard that he is knocked unconscious. So they are out, and they are out the back door, and uh, they're able to grab their phones out of the cubby, but they still no signal. Also, it's winter, and they are all wearing hospital gowns. Just then, Paul rolls up, but there's nobody there. Like, there's nobody at the— And I think what was originally—what I'm guessing, and this is just my opinion, I think originally Paul was supposed to save them, and then they said, we can't have a man come in and save them. Because Paul basically shows up and then it's like, Google must have sent me the wrong place and then leaves. So we think that Paul's going to save them, but he doesn't. So I think we're supposed to think like, you know, like, oh, he was so close. But Paul's like, I don't see anybody. Yeah, yeah. And also then he hears a gunshot and does have a little bit of a Rel Howery moment where he's like, I'm not going to get shot out here. I don't know what this is. I'll just call the police myself. Like, I'm going to drive away. So Paul uh, is of no help. So Steve is wakes up and starts chasing the women basically out into the backyard and into the woods. Steve, Grant is bleeding from the crotch, but he has a gun and he's just shooting and he's like, you fucking bitches, you better hide from me. I'm going to kill all you bitches. Like, they're all freaking out. Again, they're all like barely mobile. You know what I mean? It's freezing. They have no yeah. shoes. And he's tracking them into the woods. And just then, also, as they're in the woods, and the wife shows up with a henchman. And it's like, where do you get a henchman for this kind of business? She finds yeah. a house full of blood. She finds um, Steve's cell phone with all of her calls. He had put his cell phone in his room. It's like, hey, I'm out of date. I don't have to, like, listen to my wife or whatever. And Steve's in the back, walking through the trees. Molly leaps out and punches him. And then all the women are just start kicking his ass. And Noah's able to get a hold of Steve's gun. And she, as he gets on the ground, he looks at her and she says, give me a smile. And she shoots him between the eyes. And they're like, oh, hell we're yeah. safe. It's great. Unfortunately, Kara, there's like eight minutes left of this movie. So they're all like, okay, oh my we, God. Still have, we still have no signal. What are we going to do? So Noah's like, I dropped my phone when we were kicking his ass. So Molly, you stay with Penny because Penny can't really walk. I'm going to find my phone. It's on the, it's on the ground somewhere. And she, she dropped it in the melee. And just then she runs into Anne, who has found Steve's body. And when Anne finds Steve's body, she turns to the henchman and she says, let's get his body on ice. Because Steve, because uh, Anne is not going to lose a dollar. Like, Anne is going to chop up and sell her husband's body. She doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, but who wants it? Who wants fucking exactly. hot man it's, meat? Right, I mean, yeah, it's just like, it's like a half off, like a BOGO sale. I mean, like, it's like, you know, yeah, all yeah, meat, yeah. let's go. And so the henchman drags the body away. <laughs> And Anne and Noah meet in the darkness in the woods. And in, in as soon as she sees Noah, Anne pretends to be, it's like, oh my God, thank God you killed him. I was down in the basement too. He's been doing this forever. And Noah's like, oh, were you another victim? Anne starts strangling Noah. 
on the ground trying to kill her. And just like when it appears that Anna's the upper hand, Molly appears with a shovel, which we saw leaning against the house, and smashes Anne over the head and then just bludgeons her to death, screaming, I asked for you to, you for help. Bitches like you are the problem. And they both collapse. <laughs> and, and Noah looks at Anne because Noah's never met Anne. It's like, who is that? And Molly says, oh, that was Steve's wife. And Noah's like, oh, my God, he was married? And Molly says, he was. <laughs> he was married. And they both laugh and they tell each other, I love you. And just as, like, they sort of pan out from their final moment— we see that there's a text that says, like, maybe from Chad, like the guy in the original date. And it says, hey, you up on Noah's phone. And that's the end of Fresh, Kara. What about the henchmen? The henchmen's still loose about. And also, that you know that motherfucker has a gun. I don't know. They don't address it. But if I'm that henchman, I am getting out of there. I'm getting out of there. I'm not telling anybody. Yeah. You cannot be traced to this. This is clearly Ann and Steve's business. Fuck. Now, what are some fatal mistakes that you think so anybody— I, w- I wonder what the—what's the, what's the big twist everyone was talking about, I wonder? I think the big twist is that he kidnapped her. It happens super early because, to me, there's no other yeah. twist. It just like, it happens early. I kind of thought that it was like an end twist. Yeah. I agree. It's kind of like when we did uh, and I Shyamalan's Old. And it's like, oh, it's like, well, it's that they all get old, right? Like, I, there's no other. Yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't know. see that, please of listen, course. Please but. listen to our old episode <laughs> uh, if you're listening to this. But yeah, there's no other like gasp. You know what I mean? Like maybe it's yeah. like the wife was in on it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, what are some fatal mistakes you think that any of the characters might have made during Fresh, Kara? Fatal mistakes. I mean, Molly going alone to investigate the wife. Absolutely. Like, bring a bring a friend. Bring a gun. I don't know. Bring something. Like, yeah. yes, making the phone call while you're still in the house, insane, or while you don't have a way of like defending yourself. Um, going away on a weekend uh, uh, yes. jaunt with a man that you have fucked and known for 48 hours. Not Absolutely. a normal thing. Um, you, you at least like, it's like to me, it's like, I will send a photo. I will send this man's address. I will tell everyone where I'm going. I will ask the man, can you please pose for a photo with me yes. that I will send to my friends? Like, there's no fucking, I'm and like, again, I, I, I've done done stuff and it all worked out. You know what I mean? But like, there are, oh yeah, you cannot anticipate when a situation that's probably fine and fun and kooky is going to turn into no one ever sees you again. <laughs> and that's what we have to plan. And again, uh, also something that um, the, your podcast, that That's My Sub, always discusses. You know what I mean? Like, you're just like, I'm going to go to the city and have fun. Oh, well, now you've disappeared. And uh, no one yeah, knows where you exactly. are. exactly. Exactly. Um, going into the city, going into the country, either way, you're going to get killed. Um, yeah, don't go anywhere. But don't go anywhere. <laughs> I've definitely gone home with strangers. I'm not trying to be judgy. It just Absolutely. seems like, like I'm saying all the too good to be true stuff. Yeah. It's like, it is, that's a phrase for a reason. For <laughs> like, exactly. Like, it's like, oh, what a cool guy. It's like that guy you find out like, oh, I'm, you know, not like polyamorous, but like, it's like, yeah, I'm cheating on my wife or like, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm I'm involved in some some shady business, you know? Yeah. Um, I always remember I went on a date with a guy and he was like, oh yeah, like I, I'm normally, I normally I deal drugs, but like, I, I'm not really doing that right now. So I live in my parents' basement and I was like, so he's an unemployed drug dealer? I'm like, I don't know what you think, <laughs> what aspect of this is going to be. It's like, even if I was willing to date a drug dealer, uh, you're not working right now. What, I what are you talking about? I got a successful drug dealer. Come yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> you can't take a break from dating and work on your drug dealing business. 
Um, <laughs> and then he got mad because I, I, I ghosted him. And I was like, man, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, if you're involved in anything illegal, I'm not going to go on a second date with you. Um, <laughs> and then where would you put Fresh on the spooky scale? Now, of course, the scale is 1 to 10 screams. And the spooky scale is just how scary, not whether entertaining it's because uh, I feel like we have a lot of movies that are like super fun. I'd recommend, but like, are they that scary? No. So this is just the scariness based on how you feel about it. A spooky scale. See, for me, these kind of movies are scary because mm-hmm. it, they could happen. Like I'm yes, not as scared absolutely. by like ghosts or yeah. spirits or like hereditary like stuff like that it's not as scary yes. to me because I can kind of be like this isn't real this isn't real mm-hmm. but yeah I guess somebody could fully fucking kidnap you and cut your tits off so yes, that's absolutely. scary to me yeah so I whole, guess yeah I guess eight screams for great. me absolutely great <laughs> I'm going to give it a six um, just because. But you like horror and you've seen a lot. <laughs> yes, exactly. I've seen a lot. And I feel like there are a lot of like the gore and like the bodies. I, I find that very chilling. But then there are also long stretches where it's like it is like a fun, almost like caper, or, like a thriller sort of where like she's trying to outsmart him. And those are really great. I yeah. love it. But they're not scary. They're just sort of like, ooh, one upsmanship. Is she going to figure him out? Um, so I would say... I, I, yeah, I'm going to give it a, a firm six. Um, but are you, when you are watching it, there mm-hmm. all of the stuff of the gore, like it is really gory, like all of the scenes it's, of— All of the the bodies are treated like human, like um, like a beef, like a side of beef. Cow's So meat. I personally okay. did find it disgusting because it's like he's butchering what appears to be a human leg or a torso, and you see it. And there is something viscerally upsetting about that. So I would say if you're someone who does not like gore and the, that idea is gross, it is that part is actually disgusting. And oh, you okay, see a okay, lot of good. like like limbs and stuff. The the surgery, they keep it a light hand with it, but like you you do see him taking apart body parts in a way that I, I don't think you'd enjoy. I think you, you yeah, wouldn't care I, for it. I don't it. think so either. I yeah, really enjoyed yeah. you telling me about it. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you so much for being on. You're so fabulous. You are. This is absolutely oh incredible. Oh, my God. This was, a, this was so fun. Um, I don't know if there's anything else I can tr- contribute, but oh I God. feel like, wow. I'm so glad I, like, know the plot of this movie now when people talk about it. Kara, you're the best. And what, uh, let's talk about your podcast or anything else you would like to plug. Obviously, I listen to That's Messed Up. Huge fan. And again, something about, am I going to watch every episode of uh, Lauder SVU? I'm trying, but there's just simply too many. So I really enjoy there's your show many. where you're, you're doing the deep dive. In, and also the terrifying reality that a lot of those are based, you know, despite what it says at the beginning of the episode, they are based in reality. Yeah. Yes, they are, like many, many of them. And yeah, we jump around. You don't have to have watched the whole season. We actually have many, many viewers who do not watch the show. They said Mm -hmm. that they've never seen an episode and they just like listening to our podcast and like listening to us recap it and talk about it. So, and you guys do an excellent job. I can't imagine that, but (laughs) you guys do an excellent job of being like, oh, where are we in the timeline? Or like, oh, yeah, we've met, you know, Ice T's gay son. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we, we know the, like, you do a good job. Like, even if you don't watch it, like, you guys piece together where we're at in time of the show, which is, I think, really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we try. 
Um, but yeah, I'll just say we're that's messed up podcast. It's me and my co-host Lisa Traeger. We're on the Exactly Right Network. You can get us wherever you podcast. We have some live shows coming up, which are super fun. Actually, at our live shows, we just recap a Gonzo episode that's not based on a true crime. We oh, didn't want to like bring too much murder to like everybody's fun nights at a comedy <laughs> club. So we have um we have shows coming up in like San Diego, San Francisco, Chicago, and Minneapolis. So if you oh, live in any of those so cities, awesome. check out. Check out that's messed up live.com and come see us live. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on. And I, I, I didn't even mean to. Thank but you I'm for so having glad, me. I'm so glad the movie was tangentially a, an SVU-esque theme. You know what I mean? It wasn't a ghost. This is like just yeah. something that could happen and unfortunately has happened. So I'm glad that we can really no, get in I the real house. I could absolutely see... I could see SVU doing something like this, but more like they do the captivity in order to like sell someone into sex slavery. Like the cannibalism, I don't think would make it onto the show, but because it is network TV after all. But listen, Allison Libby on her way to stardom. If she's busy, the show gets extended. You need another person to come back in here and play Libby to understudy Allison Libby. Happy to do it. I don't have Gucci loafers, but I'm happy and now in. I and now I have that statement recorded, so I will play it back to you if you're like I don't remember saying that. So, <laughs> all right, thank you so much. And also, we always end our podcast with a special phrase, so you can say it with me, or you know. But um, it, if everyone listening at home, thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this. And until next time, please keep it spooky. <laughs> Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. Mixed with blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar for the perfect balance of sweet, salty, and sour every time. Discover legendary taste with Cayman Jack, America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois.